0: Romans 6, a Bible study. Dear God, please be with us as we read this, and please bring to mind any other scripture that further supports or emphasizes the information that you want us to receive by reading this chapter. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? we too may live a new life. This first paragraph in chapter 6 tells us what baptism is all about. There's a mystery in baptism uh, because a lot of people have, or a lot of churches, a lot of religions have different viewpoints on what baptism is. Baptism is symbolic, and it is a public uh demonstration, if you want to call it that, or a public showing of what has happened internally to a person. So internally, the person has decided this is a choice. Here's where the choice, it really gets clear later on in this chapter about choices. It's either you choose evil or you choose God. And evil is sin and God is righteousness. So that's the choice that every single person will need to make in their lifetime while they're living. That choice needs to be made. And then we need to, each one of us needs to decide which is going to be our master. Because you will be mastered by one or the other, as this chapter says. And people think, I'm my own person, I'm going to have my own, I'm going to do it my own way. It's true, you have a choice, but It's an A choice or a B choice. There's no in between. You're either choosing evil or you're choosing God. And if you are not choosing God, you are choosing evil. And whether or not you are aware of this, that's the truth. That's the truth that we get from scripture. So it's not something that any of us like to hear. Because first of all, because all of us are sinners. So it it makes us all feel like, this is you don't you don't want to hear it because you want to say well I'm with God but yet at the same time you know that there's sin in our lives and it has to do with a choice. This is about surrendering. When you hear somebody talk about surrendering, this is about saying I don't want to do what I'm naturally inclined to do anymore. I want to surrender to God. I want to surrender Jesus. I want guidance from the Holy Spirit. This is this is what I want in my life. And it's not up to us to do this because it is because of grace. Because God shows mercy. He forgives way easier than we forgive. He is way more merciful than we are. He is, he's a like they say in scripture, he's abounding in grace and love, and God is is love. So it's all those good things. It doesn't matter where we are, what we've done, at the point that we believe and we no longer want to choose to live the way we did in the past. That's the point of surrender. When we reject the things that we did in the past, we don't want it anymore. We don't have to worry about if we're strong enough to do it because God is there to help us. So don't let The fear of, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to hold up my end of the deal on this. Don't even worry about that. Just ask God for the strength because there's other scripture that says that where I am weak, God is strong. So where God makes up for the difference in our lives and the Holy Spirit, when we have focused our mind on God and turned away from our sin, that's what God talked about ever since in the Old Testament, you know, as far back in time, he would always say, if the people will turn to me, I will be their God. And God has always sought for his people and all of us to choose him, to turn towards him, to turn away from what the world, it's like almost like anything, the direction that you see the world going if you're choosing the opposite, you're on God's path, um, because a lot of what the world focuses on—I mean, there is the the ruler of the air, which is Satan, and that is uh, with within the earth. I mean, he does have some uh, influence here on Earth for a period of time, but because of prophecy and Scripture, we know that that time is limited. It is not forever. And there will be a reconciliation day between um, when his power, his limited power, will be taken away and Jesus will reign. And we know that from Scripture. And we know that through prophecy, through the prophets who already told things that were to occur, and those things happened exactly as what they had foretold. So that's how we know that the Bible is true and that the prophets that are written in the Bible— are true prophets because what they said actually happened. There's a lot of people today that call themselves prophets, but who knows if they are really hearing from God or if they're just making up something. So you can't trust everybody. You kind of have to look at fruit of the Spirit and um, be have wisdom from God to discern whether people are sincere or not sincere. Getting back to the Scripture, um, verse 5 So when we make that mindset change to give up the sin and focus on God and live righteously with the help of the Holy Spirit, when we make that decision, that's when we break free, when we become free and when we choose to live that that way, that's when we are what they call in scripture, in Christ. It's a belief that where an action occurs after the belief. It's not just saying I believe in Jesus. I believe in, you know, God, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's not it's not saying that. It's more than that because there's a lot of people who say they believe but their lives don't change. And those people either they're baby Christians where they just don't quite get it yet, but at that point they're not saved. When someone is saved, that is when it their belief causes them to change their way of living, to choose to live righteously. And again, it's with the help of the Holy Spirit that allows people to live righteously. It's not by their own doing. So don't try to live righteously first before you surrender. Go to Jesus first. Ask for the Holy Spirit there is somewhat of a process. I mean, don't try to do it on your own because nobody will get anywhere if we try to do it on on our own. That's the whole uh, point of the law that was given. The law that was given to Moses from God, Mount Sinai, those were the guardrails of how we should live. And people over time immediately found out, I mean, as soon as he gave those Ten Commandments, people started worshiping some golden calf that was built, and they started going directly into idolatry. And so it, it was very clear that the very same day, I guess, or within you know a relatively short period of time after they received the Ten Commandments, they're already choosing to go against them and this is a, a repetitive story throughout the entire bible is people having you know breaking the 10 commandments the 10 commandments just like god said that you know the earth and the um, the earth and heavens will pass away but my words will remain well god's law will always remain but the difference is if we are guided by the law and if we say we you know like we do more good than bad you're on bad grounds right there you do not want to face god on judgment day with that attitude like i did more good than bad because unless you are in christ covered by the blood of his death on the cross this is a spiritual thing unless you are covered by jesus you will be judged based on how much good or how much bad you did. But if you are in Christ, you are protected. That is, Jesus is a shield over people to where they do not have to suffer the consequences of sin because they believed and then took action with that belief. So getting back to scripture. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he gives, he lives to God. So we, when we choose to believe and surrender, to God, then we become children of God. And we like Jesus are in have an inheritance with God and what He has promised. And that's the most beautiful thing about the gospel message is that we if we had to rely on ourselves and to be obedient to all the Ten Commandments in order to get into eternity, none of us would make it. But because of what Jesus did, we have the ability to be in eternity with God, because that's what God really ultimately wanted in the, in the very beginning. Um, that's what his desire was. And getting back to scripture, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master." because you are not under the law but under grace. Jesus is the one who gives grace. And when we when we choose sin, we are still a slave to sin. And people who are still in sin and don't want to get up, give it up, are still blinded by the reality of the truth of what they're missing out on. People are focused on temporary satisfaction through sin that doesn't lead to anything good in the long run. But people in the short term are focused on the you know immediate satisfaction rather than looking at the long term of eternity And if we realize like how short our lives are in comparison to eternity, and we were all created to be eternal beings. So we are going to be eternal. It's just whether or not we are in God's presence. And the description of those who are not in God's presence has to do with a completely unsatisfying, never fulfilled existence. And it talks about like in this like very uncomfortable place and it does say forever and ever. So it's it's almost like an eternal torture, and that's the lies that the enemy of God, Satan puts in people's heads when they are encouraged to sin because it seems like, oh, this is the fun side, the other side's the boring side. But the fun is a deception. It's luring people into thinking this is fun this is exciting there's all these promises there could be money there could be all these things that are enticements to live a certain way an ungodly way a way against god and when people choose that way they think ah, i'm having more fun than those other people but it's a deception they're they're a slave to the master of to their master who is Satan. And they don't even know it. And until this becomes reality for people, they will push away anything that has to do with God, because they don't even realize that they are in slavery to sin. And did you ever notice how something like something sinful leads to an increased appetite for more of that sin? It's an insatiable appetite and that's something that's like an addiction. So when when someone has an addiction, that's something evil. Whatever it is, an addiction to whatever, it is from the evil one. It is part of the deception because it it brings a person in more and more and more, and to the point where they're giving up their freedom. But Anyone can break away, not by their own doing, though. It's spiritual. It's by surrendering to God, calling out to God. God will save anyone who calls out to him, anyone who asks for forgiveness and chooses in their mind that they want to be different than what they were before, and they want to call on God to help them get there. God will do it for anyone. No one is beyond saving. Anyone who calls on God will be saved. That's in scripture also. So then getting back to scripture. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, Or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you used to be slaves to sin. You have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So, no one wants to be called a slave to anything, but in truth and in reality, we really are. And it's a matter of choice. This is the good thing about the slavery, though. You get to choose who's your master. Is it evil or is it righteousness? Is it Satan or is it God? And is it the demonic side or is it God's side? And that's a choice. I mean, it seems like most people will probably say, well, I'm definitely choosing God. I don't want to choose Satan. But then they... Don't realize that if they continue to live in sin and do the things that Satan deceives people about the benefits of it, which aren't truly benefits, but it's a deception, when people choose that, they're still a slave. They haven't broken free from it yet. So it's so important to seek God earnestly, truthfully, and If you don't uh, get this or understand this, if you read the entire Bible, and not a speed read thing, but contemplate what it's talking about, every single book has has the same message through it, and it reinforces other parts of the Bible. So there isn't inconsistency throughout it, it's there is a consistent message throughout it, and Paul is actually talking to believers um, in Rome when he is giving this this message to them. So these are people who are believers and uh, they have been baptized, they've chosen to follow God rather follow than follow their sinful desires. but there is some question that you know about well, If we're not under the law, can't we just continue to sin because we're covered? And that's another thing that a lot of Christians today keep saying, you're saved by grace. You don't have to worry about sin. That's a lie from the enemy right there. Because if you are in Christ, you're not focused on sin. You're not focused on how can I get away with sin? What can I do? You're not like being drawn into sin. People who are being drawn into sin are being drawn by the evil one, not by God. God doesn't draw you into sin. He tries to encourage you to go away from sin, and it's all about a mindset change. Anything in life that brings meaningful change to a person has to do first with your mind. What do you believe? And in order for someone to take action They first have to believe what it is. And the way that you can increase your faith is by reading scripture, by questioning. You don't have to accept everything. Talk to others about, talk to other believers. Don't just gather random people on the street that don't believe and start asking questions because people misquote scripture all the time. They pull out one phrase out of context and put a spin on it that doesn't even mean what it's talking about. So you really need to find true believers. Um, true believers, you can find, um, I think it's Galatians 5, through 24. It talks about fruit of the Spirit, I believe. And it gives you characteristics of a person, um, personal traits that um, just on any electronic Bible, search fruit of the Spirit, and then you will see. So if someone is being led by God's Spirit, you will see those qualities in their behavior and it won't it'll be like in their behavior when no one's looking that's the important part when somebody is looking of course people like to appear righteous but it's when they're not benefiting from an audience and you see those actions in a person when it's kind of the the thing they do when nobody else is looking so getting back to scripture um, I am using an example from everyday life. Because of your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. For the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that is like a very strong statement, uh, which is Romans 6, verse 23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord so wages are what we get paid for so if we continue to sin we get death but the gift notice the gift it's not earned it's not it's not that we get we can do so much good to get there this is a gift from god is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So it's belief and it's essentially becoming a slave to God. You you're a slave to God or you're a slave to Satan. That's basically your choice. And if you're a slave to Satan, it only results in death, the eternal the eternal outcome of that will be death, uncomfortableness. Nation. I mean, it's just going to be complete unsatisfaction. A lot of people that live in sin, they're never satisfied. They always need more. They always need more because it's like, it's they're not satisfied. It's It's always like, well, you know, this worked for a bit, but now I need more because I'm no longer satisfied. And people who live in sin will constantly be like that because they will never find satisfaction because Satisfaction is only found in Christ Jesus. When someone finds Jesus, when they actually get to know Jesus, when they they actually believe and surrender, and the Holy Spirit starts to work within them, there will be sometimes there will be some supernatural things that people notice on the journey. That when they've made that decision, there will be things that stand out I, I can say that from experience, because I saw things happening, and I wasn't fully understanding, and still to this day, I know there's more that I can learn. I know that I'm never going to understand all of this. Um, hope I guess maybe in hindsight after Jesus returns we'll understand this, but until then there's there's some questions, some things that are left that aren't answered in the Bible. But there is a lot that is answered. And there is one thing that is absolutely certain is about eternal life with God and the way to, be, to have eternal life in God. It's to grow our faith. It's through faith. But that faith, it's, I mean, if you just say, I believe, but you're not reading scripture daily, you're not praying daily, Are you really in Christ? And it doesn't take an all-day event to be that, but it does take time to dedicate a time where you are in prayer, where you ask for God's guidance, where you thank God for the things that he's done in your life, where maybe you ask God for things that are not going well, for his assistance and his intervention in your life. There's all sorts of ways that we communicate with God. And God treats us as his children. When we've surrendered and we reject sin and we say, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be your child, God. I want you to guide me. When we get to that point in our life, God will help us. God will put things in our paths. I can't even tell you how many times in my life when I made decisions that I didn't necessarily want to make, But I felt like it was the way I needed to make the decision because of God, because of what God would want me to do. And so I made those decisions. And they were sometimes painful ones, sometimes ones I didn't really want to make, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And so I did it. And I would usually have some sort of feeling like, oh, like just I really didn't want to do that, but I know I had to, so I did it, you know, and then just kind of like a feeling of defeat, like you lost out on something. And then I would say, like, not too very long after that, something amazing would pop up unexpectedly. And when I started noticing that happened, it was like after I chose obedience over God, and I really didn't want to, but after I chose it, all of a sudden something would pop up, and I would know, I would be like, this is from God. I see it right now. And after a series of those things started happening, it really, you start seeing the goodness of God. You start seeing God doing things. And it's not, I was never in a place of thinking, well, I know if I obey him here, he will give me something good. I never thought that. I just thought, okay, I just need to do this because this is the right thing to do. And I don't know what the future is. And again, none of us should ever go into it because we don't know what God's will for us is. We don't know if he's going to do something. I'm I'm not going to say that every single time I made a decision to follow God that something good happened every single time. That's not the case. But there are times where I've made choices. And to me, personally, it was like very clear that, okay, God, you just blessed me right there after that. So that is a little bit of words of encouragement from my own experience. And I believe if it happened to me and we see it in scripture that God did after people were tested and they chose him, he did bless people. That's um, a characteristic of God. And we can't go in there thinking about God like a, like people described like a genie, like wanting to ask for these things and God's not manipulated. He chooses to do things for people when he chooses to do them. And it, but it's, just, it's a blessing that people receive when they are obedient to what God wants. So consider who is your master. Make that decision if it hasn't already been made. If you've already made that decision, stay on the path. Stay connected to God. Stay in Christ, and good things will come to you especially eternity.